We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jace, we just watched the Bulls lose to the New York Knicks 116-100. It was the ga- a game the Bulls were in until about this, you know, midway through the fourth quarter when uh, they more or less got run off the floor by a big New York run to end it. Jalen Brownson was just picking the Bulls apart with his scoring, with his playmaking. Anytime the Bulls sent a double at him, it just seemed like he was hitting an open teammate for an easy bucket. Defensively, Isaiah Hartenstein was all over the place. In a battle of, like, two premier backup centers between Andre Drummond and Isaiah Hartenstein, both getting the start with uh, Vooch and Mitchell Robinson injured for the Knicks. Uh, This is what, like, an actually starting level center looks like out of your backup and that would be Hartenstein who totally dominated this game I thought only had 10 points but had 20 rebounds five blocks and was just consistently deterring the Bulls at the rim so that was one of the big things that uh stood out about this game to me but Jace uh Bulls playing on the second end of a back-to-back this didn't feel like a game they were going to win coming into it no not at all uh zach levine's still out vooch out now he's missed five games tory craig out as well and uh kobe white and patrick williams both exited tuesday's game against philadelphia with injuries both played in this Knicks game kobe was great pat was terrible Long story short, Bulls lose. They're 15 and 21 on the year, Jason. They are two and four in their last six games. And the inspired run the Bulls were on uh, in the immediate wake of Zach Levine's injury has crashed back down to earth. Part of that is because Vooch, Torrey Craig, also unavailable for this team. Part of it is because they've cooled off from three point range. 
And part of it is because the offense, since Vooch has gone out of the lineup, uh, has been the third worst in the league coming into tonight. You know, Vooch was not exactly uh, shooting the cover off the ball this year. Vooch was having a very poor shooting season, but he did add some playmaking elements to the offense uh, that I think they've been missing. So Bulls lose, Bulls might suck again. And uh, Jace, another game Friday against the Hornets. Maybe Zach's back. Three games and four nights for the Bulls. Just feels like they're sort of in like a little bit of a tenuous position right now. Uh, with the back-to-back losses. Yeah, I mean, after they beat, was what? Well, last time we recorded was, what, before the last Sixers game? And that game they won at home to close out 2023, and that was just an ugly game. No Joel Embiid. Uh, the Sixers were playing on the Bulls playing on a road back-to-back tonight. Sixers were on the road back-to-back in that first game at the United Center, and the Sixers shot like... Uh, they shot awful from three. And it was a game that, again, kind of a game like I expected the Bulls to lose tonight. The Sixers were awful in that first game. They get Joel Embiid back after a few more days of rest, and they just fucking obliterated the Bulls last night. I mean, it was a 25-point game after the first quarter. It was a 31-point game at halftime. Joel Embiid had a 30-point triple-double by the end of the third quarter and did not need to play in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Bulls did end that game on a 17-0 run over the last eight minutes. We got some Adama Sinogo minutes to uh, close that game up, but... Uh, hope like it would not it was not it was not expecting to go into Philly and beat them again uh, after beating them twice already once with Embiid uh, in Philly er, uh, a couple weeks ago getting Embiid back I mean there was no reason to expect the Bulls to beat them would have liked to have seen a little more competitiveness but um, uh, they got smoked from the start it was not competitive so then tonight uh, on the second of a back to back road back to back again I basically had chalked this up to an automatic loss when you go. Go play Philly on the road. You go play a good Knicks team. Just got OJ, OJ and Anobi. You're really just not expecting to win that game. Like that's just that's a schedule loss. That's really tough. And the Bulls did play. They they competed for most of the game. It looked like it was gonna get ugly kind of right away from the start. The Bulls went. They didn't score for like the first three or so minutes. Um, they were they bricked some open shots. They had some bad turnovers. The, the Knicks went up like seven. Then they went up eight. Uh, then the Knicks started throwing some of the worst passes you'll ever see. Josh Hart threw a pass into like almost the 10th row. Like not, it was like not a contested pass. It was on a fast break and threw it off. Well, the Knicks had like 12 or 13 turnovers in the first half. The Bulls started catching fire. DeMar, who has been poor on back-to-backs for most of the season, shot, what was he, like eight of nine in the first half, was just drilling all his mid-range shots. He even shot like three of four from three or three of five from three today. Uh, Kobe found a stroke. Kobe has been... A big part of the Bulls offense kind of coming back has been Kobe struggling from three in the last few games. Um, Tonight, he was, I think, six of nine. Shot had a really good game. He had a really sick dunk where he jumped off, uh, I think, like his right foot and dunked with a two hand. Like it was was like going left. And then he jumped off, I think, his right and dunked with two hands. It was a really sick dunk. But nice game for Kobe. It was nice to see him bounce back. But outside of DeMar and Kobe, the rest of the team played like, uh, they were on the second of a back-to-back, at least shooting-wise. Uh, Caruso had some really sick defensive plays, and like the the, ES, the ABC broadcast was loving him. JJ Redick referred to him as a sicko and a psycho, uh, but he his, his shot was a little off too. Patrick Williams an aw- absolutely awful game shooting-wise, awful game decision-making-wise. He had five turnovers. Uh, did some okay things against Julius Randle, but Randle caught fire in the second half. 
uh, and he just kind of him and Brunson dominated. Io was way off. He bricked a bunch of open corner three pointers. Uh, they just didn't really get much of anything else from him. I drum Drummond had like one good stretch in the third quarter uh, where his offensive rebounding kind of kept the Bulls in it for a little bit. And um, even with all that, I mean, the Bulls did end up shooting over forty percent from three in this game. Again, Demar and Kobe with a lot of that, and that kind of that and the Knicks first half turnovers kind of kept. The Bulls and the Bulls were up, I think, eight or ten in that first half. And the Knicks kind of reeled back in and they went out ahead in the third quarter and kind of led for most of the second half. But the Bulls kept like kind of keeping them there, keeping them there. Like, could they would they have the legs? Could they make one final push? Unfortunately, again, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson just a total domination in the second half. You mentioned Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, I mean, look at this game was kind of crazy because the Bulls were close again, like for probably until like the last four or five minutes when the Knicks really broke it open. And it's like, you know, the Bulls played competitive, but then you look at some of these like plus minuses and like uh, Brunson at 31 and 13 and was a plus 31. Hardenstein, 10 rebounds tw- or 10, 10 points, 20 rebounds, plus 32. OG Ananobi, plus 35. And then Randall at 35, 6 and 4. He was a plus 13. Uh, the Bulls basically kind of kept this game close because of the in the second quarter, their, their bench unit just smashed the Julius Randall and Knicks bench unit. And that kind of happened again to start the fourth quarter too, but then... Uh, Tibbs brought in Ju- uh, Jalen Brunson early with like, like nine or 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And again, he just kind of controlled the game the rest of the way. And the Bulls just ran out of gas. I mean, again, no real shame in this loss to run out of gas on the second of a back-to-back like this. So like, I'm not like mad about this loss or anything like that. I don't see this as like a missed opportunity. I expected them to lose going in. They played competitive for most of the night. Um, but after, yeah, but now after these two losses, they're back to 15 and 21. Uh, they're still, I think, the 10 seed of the Raptors. Actually, the Raptors or Hawks might have jumped up back in them again. Uh, the Hawks did get a big win over the, the Thunder tonight. I know the Thunder were on the second of a back-to-back. Uh, they had a big emotional win against the Celtics last night. Uh, though I know the Thunder were down like 14 or 15 points with like two minutes left and almost tied the game. They had a chance to tie the game as the Hawks are choke artists too. But oh yeah, the, so the Bulls are half a game behind the Hawks. They're not tied with the Raptors again, who uh, made the trade with the Knicks. Manuel quickly has looked really good so far. Uh, so it would be interesting if the Raptors kind of changed their fortunes this season. We'll see if they trade Siakam, but I believe they are 2-0 and now since that trade and quickly has kind of fit in really nicely so far. So uh, it probably does just feel like, like the Bulls, the Hawks, the Raptors, and now the Nets who are kind of free-falling uh, might just kind of be jockeying for these playoff positions the, the rest of the year. Um, because the top eight right now seem like they might be decently set. The, the Knicks are the eight seed right now at 19-15. The Cavs are 19-15. and They've been able to stay afloat without without Darius Garland, without Evan Mobley. The the Pacers are on a five-game winning streak. They just beat the Bucks again to get to 19-14. The Heat are 19-14. The Magic 19-14. So, like, uh, the Bulls are still, like, what, four or five games behind those teams. So, like, I just don't know that they can comp- consistently, like, rise the standings enough to get to those teams. So, it does feel like it's they're just going to be kind of fighting for these spots. They do. The Bulls do have, I think, is it do they have a back two straight against the Hornets coming up and they might be getting Zach and Vooch back here. So like two games, the Bulls should theoretically win to get back to whatever four games under, but uh, how much will they be able to sustain for the rest of the season? Like uh, he's like, everything was going really good. And like when they were on that run and like Kobe was playing like an all-star and uh, Patrick Williams was taking like a huge jump and tomorrow was continuing to play well. And like Vooch was doing or he wasn't shooting great, but helping the offense run. And like now they've been so banged up, kind of falling back down to earth. What will happen when these guys come back, when Zach and Vooch come back? I know Woj before this game uh, tonight talked about again, like 
teams need to see like Zach Levine come back and play winning basketball. And like his market is still barren. Like, will he do that? Who knows? We've kind of talked about a little bit. So like things have kind of stabilized a bit, not helped by injuries. That's for sure. But the bulls have cooled down a bit. Their offense has been one of the worst in the last five, six games kind of since that big Lakers game, they've really kind of, again, fallen back down to earth, which we knew they were going to come back to the pack a bit. They were never going to keep up what they were doing. They were just doing some, insane shit. The Kobe stuff was absolutely crazy. He was never going to keep up 50% from the field, 50% from three. That stuff was just a wild hot streak, but we were hoping that maybe you you make it up in other areas. But right now when Kobe doesn't have it going, like yeah, with Zach out and with Vooch out too, just, they just don't have many other, other options besides Kobe and DeMar. So you have a game like tonight where Pat really struggles or IO really struggles. You're just not going to, you're not going to score many points. So even with DeMar and Kobe, Lighten it up tonight, honestly. Uh, the Bulls only still still only scored 100 points, which is not good in today's NBA. Yeah, I was happy to see Kobe break out of a little bit of a shooting slump because he's been scoring the ball well inside the arc. But since that stretch where he was just totally on fire from three, he's really been struggling from deep. 0 of 8 against Cleveland in a loss uh, just before Christmas. 0 of 7 against the Hawks in the win the day after Christmas where Drummond went crazy. 0 of 5 against Philly last night. But just to see him shoot 6 of 9 tonight from deep, I think that was really encouraging. Uh, Kobe, as we've talked about on this podcast throughout his entire pro career, has always been a really streaky shooter. And we were hoping to see that sustain after he finally got on like an extended run of really good play highlighted by him basically being a 50% shooter from deep after Zach went out of the lineup. Uh, he was on a cold streak, so good to see him dig his way out of that. Uh, and, yeah, where are you at with Zach right now, Jace? Because he's coming back, it yeah. seems like, potentially on Friday. Uh, the team is 10-7 and seven without him. Like I said, they've uh, lost four of their last six, so... They might be falling back down to earth a bit. Obviously, injuries catching up with them as well. How do you feel like Zach fits in with the way the Bulls had been playing uh, when he initially went out of the lineup? And I just feel like right now, like if, you know, Vooch is still going to be out uh, with Drummond starting at center, like you just need some shot making. They really haven't had any shot making at all they have the third worst offense in the league over the last five games. So uh, while I think a lot of people were like, keep Zach Levine away from this team when they were playing really well as he was hurt. Now uh, I think you're sort of seeing that. Yeah. They need him because it's very tough for them to score uh, right now without him in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so like, I think ideally, like given just the situation, like finding a trade would have been nice. You maybe you get some p- pieces that would come help you, or a piece or two that would help you with those scoring issues without him. And obviously, again, the Vooch thing. As much as like I'm not like a big Vooch guy, uh, and I think whatever I think his, his shoot his efficiency has been down this season. Like I think it clearly you see just like how the offense misses him because of just how he can kind of stretch the floor. We know his pet. We talk about him as the hub of the offense and his quick decision making with passing keeps the ball moving. Like Drummond just can't do that stuff. We know like Dr- Drummond, like, he he can get he can get the extra possessions. He's obviously been doing a great job on the glass, like historic work on the glass, and he did it a little bit tonight. But then the, like he was awful in the first half. Like he bought that that possession at the end of the first half. Uh, I think Demar was like hits him for I mean an easy little layup at the end of the first 
first half. Totally bricks it, and the Knicks were all almost able to score on the other end before the buzzer, but they were just a little late. But uh, Drummond just is not cannot do the things that Vooch can, and, and it's bogged the offense down. Uh, like, and it's not really fun to watch just like the Bulls brick shots and then oh there's Drummond on the offensive class like it can be effective sometimes but not a sustainable way to run like a super efficient offense in the modern NBA while it helps you also a nice comp like a nice like secondary option to have Drummond there gobbling up offensive rebounds like you need to have a little more than that and they just have not had that without Vooch they haven't had that without Zach uh so I mean the question is is Zach going to come back and actually play and is he actually going to buy in like we don't want to come, have Zach come back and be his sad sack self. Was if they if he comes back and does that and they start playing like they did when he was playing before, that'll just be miserable to watch again. Will he come back? Will he be healthy, engaged, buying into the offense, moving the ball, making good decisions with the ball? That's that's the question. And like we know that Zach's not like that high level decision maker guy. That's just never going to be that. He's never going to be that guy. But like we have seen him when we have seen this Bulls team play when Lonzo was here. We've seen them play kind of like that with, with these guys all together. I mean, and he played really well at the end of last season. I mean, uh, I think it kind of goes like under the radar that Zach was really good for most of last season after his slow start. He put up what, what, 25, 26 a game, I think. Uh, and especially after that slow start, I think even higher than that was pretty efficient and he was pretty good. And like, I don't want to go to the 14 and nine route, but like the bulls were at least decently competitive. Um, I know Zach, again, he still has like the end of game issues, but like overall, like, Zach was still a really effective player. He was not at the start of the season. They showed the numbers on the board during this game tonight. And I think even Reddick mentioned like, you know, that, like those aren't exactly the numbers. He's having like 21 a game. I'm like 44% overall and 34% from three. That's way down from what we've grown accustomed to seeing from him. So like if that version of Zach comes back and he's still just kind of moping around, then, then the Bulls are probably going to suck and be miserable to watch again. So like, He's got to come back and he's got to buy in. He's got to be engaged. And he, if he wants to leave, if he still wants to go, it seems like he's going to have to come back and show that he can actually play well. And then maybe someone will actually want him. So like he has like, you, you'd hope that maybe there's a little like humility here. Um, some embarrassment from like, Hey man, like while they're struggling now, like the team played well, the fan base is like, you don't, we don't need you here. Like you would think maybe you'd, do some introspection and be like, Hey man, like if I actually do want to leave here, like I got to come and, and ball. So like some team actually wants me because right now, nobody wants me. Uh, I don't know if my team actually wants me, but they're going to bring me back because they basically have to do it. So like uh, maybe there'll be some incentive here for Zach uh, to come back to play well. Um, and at the very least, even if it doesn't result in whatever wins, if they, they're competitive, um, maybe at least some wins, and he shows that he can be a really good player again. Maybe that does help spur a team as we get up to the deadline. We're about a month away uh, to put a better offer on the table. Because right now, it just seems like there's just nothing. There's nothing out there right now in terms of a good offer that the Bulls should take. And if the Bulls don't get a good offer, um, like I don't want to just trade him for salary relief and like that's it. But like it seems like that's what's on what's what the deal is now. Like again, I do think with that de- with that deadline. Uh, when that actually gets closer and like some desperation sets in and maybe if some teams are still really struggling the late, we've talked about the Lakers, um, maybe some other teams, like, I mean, the, a team like the magic, the war, I mean, the warriors have been just kind of a mess here. Uh, there's some, uh, there's some other teams that could maybe they assess the roster over the next month. And they're like, you know, what? we could really use this dude uh, as long as he's healthy and playing well. So um I'm not going to say I'm like welcoming, welcoming back with open arms, but like uh, I thought that he would not play another game with the Bulls. That looks like it's going to be wrong. Uh, there's just no one that no one wants him. So come back, Zach, play well, 
Uh, maybe you'll get your your wish of a trade, or or maybe the Bulls will spur, somehow actually be really good with them back. Now I don't actually expect that to happen. I think they're probably still mid at best, but uh, or maybe a little even a little better than mid if if Kobe can keep playing well. That's that's gonna be a big question mark when Zach does come back. How does that affect Kobe? How does he keep playing? Um, it's gonna be a big thing to watch for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's like hilarious how depressed this Zach Levine trade market is. (laughs) Woj basically said nobody wants him. And this is what we've been hearing for a little bit now. Uh, I was talking to our a guy who used to run our Laker site, Harrison Fagan, and he said he wouldn't even do uh, Rui and D'Lo for the Lakers, for Levine, which I think is just a terrible trade package. I think that's crazy. So that's the – and then, you know, I'm watching the uh, CHGO version of the Philly guys, Kyle Newbeck on there, uh, someone who's covered the Sixers for a long time. I think we both know Kyle. He went on a huge rant where he's like, Zach Levine fucking sucks. He's a fucking <laughs> loser. And part of me started to get worked up because I think a good version of Zach Levine certainly exists. That version has not played for the Bulls this season. Correct. Uh, everything you said, Jace, I think you totally nailed it. Will Levine come back engaged? I think his biggest motivation is going to have to be if he wants to get out of here, he has to play a little bit yep. better. But I refuse to believe that like the market is as bad as everyone is saying it is. Uh, I think like it's just going to course correct naturally because Zach Levine is typically really good. We have a big sample of Zach yeah. Levine being a all-star or near all-star level performer over the last five or six seasons. And he's going to play when he comes back much better than he was playing previously because we've never seen him play so shitty before. And if his tactic was to tank his own play as a means of getting traded, well, clearly that hasn't worked. No. And every bit of information out there pertaining to his trade value is that it's in the toilet. So uh, Zach has all the reason in the world to come back engaged. I am fascinated to see uh, how he fits into the team structures the Bulls were building before Vucevic went down and like, you don't want to give Vooch too much credit, but like you said, Drummond is just so limited in what he can do. He's really a one-trick pony in terms of attacking the glass. Uh, and the Bulls have definitely missed some playmaking and some shooting from the center spots since Vooch went down. So uh, it's been a different team. If Vooch doesn't play in this 
Hornets game and Zach does. It, like, what's the latest on Vooch in terms of like, is he actually going right. to play? I feel like I haven't seen much. I think I they said what like seven to ten days, and that was what like yeah. right around a week ago. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Casey has his column. Um. Up tonight. Let's see if he's got anything about Zach and Vooch coming back. Yeah. Let's see. Levine participated before the game. He told Billy Diamond told reporters that Levine participated in his third straight contact practice with the Windy City Bulls on Wednesday. That means, barring a setback, that he's probably going to be back on Friday. Uh, don't see anything about Vooch though. So it seems like Vooch probably not back maybe for Friday, but maybe for that next game. Uh, but it does seem like Levine is going to be back on Friday. So, so yeah. So yeah, it'll be good to have uh, Zach back. Let's see how it plays out. And I think that the Bulls will have an offer or offers, multiple offers for Zach Levine when push comes to shove. I have no confidence that those will be good offers. Yeah. And... Yeah, like I'm, I, you see OG and Anobi get traded without a first round pick coming back. Essentially, uh, the first pick of the second round was traded in that deal uh, with the Knicks sending that to Toronto. But, you know, to see Ananobi get no first round picks back, I do think Quickly is a really yeah. good player. I was thinking, like, would you rather have Quickly or Kobe? You'd probably rather have Quickly. All things being equal, now quickly will sign for more than twice. What I Kobe's think quickly, yeah, quickly is probably like a longer term, just better like defender effectiveness. Like was quickly, basically, like from this, the start of his next tenure was like a plus minus god. I'm pretty sure, like his numbers, like don't look that much like different than Kobe's has been, but like just like the impact and like for whatever reason, Tibbs just like did not want to play. I know Knicks fans just hated and like we're begging Tibbs to play quickly more. And again, he's played really well for the Raptors so far, and he might be the Raptors were clearly like just. Their team was just all those, all their, all these wings, wing guys. They, but they didn't have a point guard. I mean, they were starting. I mean, I know they had Van Vliet last year, but they had like Schroeder this year, and like they were bad. They needed a guard who can actually do something, and like quickly could be that guy. Barrett's yeah. a Canadian, so like they got two like young guys, like instead yeah, of the game, first round picks, it, they wanted guy. They wanted to compete right now still yeah. instead of being like a pick package, which I think is fine because all the rumors we had heard out was oh like Masai wants like four or five first round picks for the, like maybe not five i think it was like three or four like there was those i think there were rumors out there that like oh the raptors turned down like three first round picks or four first round picks from like the grizzlies like of course like those could be like later garbage picks but like i mean if you use those picks right like you can get a guy like man what was quickly drafted was he was he a late first rounder right like you maybe you draft a guy like him but um they wanted guys who could help you right now and right now like so far it looks it's looked like a win-win trade for them because the knicks are two and oh they've had Big win over the Wolves. They smoked the Bulls tonight. Um, and the, the Raptors, I believe, are 2-0 and as well uh, with, with them. So uh, kind of, I feel like that I, when the trade happened, I was first of all just like shocked that uh, Ujiri actually pulled the trigger on the trade. Um, but you look at it, and I think it made sense. The Knicks weren't going to pay quickly. The Raptors needed a guard. They get a young guard that they'll probably try to resign, or they'll have the restricted trade agent rights. And then Barrett, he's a Canadian, comes home. Uh, I know he's been bad this season and I know he's pretty polarizing, but uh, they get him engaged there. Like he could help. So like, and then Nick Skidoji, they wanted a guy who Tibbs will love. He's going to be the new all day. I made that joke. It's uh, probably going to play 40 some minutes a night. Um, I, I do think OG is probably a little overrated, but we've seen the effectiveness he can have on defense when he's playing really well and he's a good shooter. So trade that made sense. So yeah. So comparing it to like the Zach market, like we've That's talked about like the Knicks. 
It's going to be, it could be very similar though, to where yeah. the Bulls tried to sell, sell the fan base or whatever on them, not getting first round picks. Right. Back. The good players that can help to help them compete. Right. But they're not, not going to get anyone nearly as good back as quickly. quickly. Yeah. Quickly's a stud. Uh, you know, the Knicks didn't want to play him. I mean, theoretically, it's the Reeves thing. Like, are they going to get, like, will they get Austin Reeves? Like, if the Lakers get yeah. desperate enough, like, there's no evidence that the Lakers are going to put Reeves on the table, but maybe they, they, the Lakers did just put Reeves back in the starting lineup. There had been some weird stuff going on, I think, with the Lakers lineups and Tarvin Ham, but Reeves did start tonight, although they're losing to a shorthanded Miami team in L.A. by seven right now as we record. I mean, they could, Lakers could absolutely use Levine's offense. They can't shoot. Uh, they could they could use another explosive scorer. Like, and I don't think I think an engaged Zach would not like tank their defense. So like, Harrison's a good guy. I follow him. He's but like you really would not do Delo. Delo is garbage and now hurt. Rui also hurt. Like you really would not do those two guys in your one pick for Zach. Like did he say he would like rather just hold out for somebody else, or he just really he did he wouldn't really see the value there. Is I Zach being their that third is- guy. I cited that just as a way to show where the perception of Levine is right yeah. now, even among smart fans. Yeah. Uh, so people think Zach Levine sucks. <laughs> it's too bad because the way he closed the year last year, yeah. after let's say the first, like if you go from December on last year, the guy was just totally incredible. Yeah. As a scorer, as good as he's ever been, really. Uh, and that was after starting the year slow because he was coming back from, you know, offseason knee procedure. So um, I totally agree with you that the Lakers need Levine. Like, that's the easiest fit. Will they give up Reeves in that deal to the Bulls? It's like, are they going to have to? Is there going to be another? Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, could that come from Philly? I could, you know, I was on the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast yeah. yesterday with Mike Levin after the Sixers totally blew out the Bulls. And we were talking about Levine there and Caruso there. And, uh, you know, one thing we both agreed on is, like, this does feel like a moment where Daryl Morey could, like, totally swoop in and get Levine for nothing. Like, not even give up a first-round pick. But if it's just, like, you know, a way to uh, get a talented player for very little going out the door because the Bulls are being pressured to get rid of Zach. Yeah. I know if like, I guess like, is there a pathway to Zach finishing this year as a member of the Bulls? I still find that to be unlikely, but I guess it is possible. I guess the way I think this is going to play out is Zach is going to be a lot better when he comes back. And there's going to be more interest in him as teams like the Lakers, the Warriors get later in the season and see that they have shortcomings and they need to make a trade for talent. Yeah. And uh, right. you need that deadline. You just need that desperation, the deadline where you're like, you got to make a decision. And that's where it might come. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I was on podcast last night with Blue Wires Knicks Film School previewing the game tonight. And I was asked like, hey, like, these these guys are going to be on the team. I like got the deadline. It was Caruso, Demar, Zach. I said Caruso and, Z- and Demar are going to stay. We've obviously talked a lot about them. And then I said I th- still think Zach's going to go, but I think it's going to be like a deadline deal, like right up to it, or at like at least on the day of the deadline. Because the teams are just going to take. They're not. No team is. Yeah. No. I think the thing is just like no team is out there pushing like their best offer for Zach right now. No one is desperate to trade for him. It was like the market the just because no, there's no market. There's no team that's just like, oh, like we need Zach Levine right now. But again, like after a month and we're in February, 
uh, and we're like getting close to like all star break. Like if a team's like really struggling still, like okay, we could really use Zach Levine right now, and like and maybe they'll give up like a maybe a one extra asset. So uh, I still predicted that Zach would be gone by the deadline. I mean, I might be wrong. I mean, KC's been priming us. I feel like for Zach to be on the team the rest of the year, um, I would also still be surprised, but. I don't think we could rule it out at this point either way. So you that you said you were talking on the Sixers pod last night. Were they? So was this is he, kind of funny, real quick, yeah. Jason. As you were just talking right there, Daryl Morey followed me on Twitter. <laughs> so is it because I was just on the Sixers pod yeah. with Mike last night and sort of giving my Sixers thoughts and uh, some Bulls thoughts, or is it because I just published an MVP ballot that had Embiid second behind Shea Gilgis Alexander? So. <laughs> Is Daryl Morey going to start yelling at me? I'm kind of <laughs> distracted by this now, but go ahead. Uh, I was well. You were t- talking with this uh, on the Sixers pod last night. I mean, what was what was that that take? You know, I know you said Kyle Newbeck said like, no, Levine's garbage. What was the? Uh, yeah, they think that uh, you know why should we talk ourselves into the Sixers trading for Zach Levine when the Bulls are better without Zach Levine? <laughs> that feels pretty silly to do. Uh, so yeah, man. I mean, we've been it's. The Zach thing has been at the same place, yeah, for months. Well, I wonder now, if the Sixers so. like wanted Caruso as well. Like, if I, I just don't know if they have enough to give up for like Zach and Caruso. Like, I just don't know. Yeah, they don't have a lot of like young guys or like picks. I don't even think they and might have like, some extra picks, but like, it'd be like Tobias, like D'Anthony Melton for Zach Caruso, and like whatever picks they have for Zach and Caruso. Like, maybe I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, like, how would you feel about something like that? Uh, can't believe for Tobias Melton's a decent young guard. Uh, I can't remember how much time he has left on his deal. And again, I can't remember exactly what picks the Sixers have, but like, sure, I mean, yeah, sure. But obviously, again, if we're trading Crusoe, like, we need to get the Crusoe like value, like, in there too. You need the so, 2028 like, Clippers pick that they acquired in the Harden deal, okay? Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Uh, which I think it's one of the most valuable singular assets out there in a Levine trade or a Caruso trade. If you could get that 2028 Clippers pick, uh, you know, that team is they don't own one of their first round picks, I think, through 2030 or 2031 after the Harden deal. And, you know, they got a good team, but all those guys are on the wrong side of the age curve, to put it lightly. So, yeah. I would love to get a 28 yeah, unprotected. So if you could get, yeah, like yeah. Harris, Melton, and like two firsts for Zach and Crusoe, is that fair? Maybe? Harris, Melton, Melton, two firsts for Zach and Crusoe. Yeah, I mean, to me, that almost seems like a top-end outcome right now. Right? I think so. <laughs> like it just depends. Like you know, what could you Harris get? and Melton will help Crusoe the Bulls? Like singular. the yeah, it would help the Bulls this year. I mean, Harris is like I know kind of disappointing, but like he's expiring contract, which I think the Bulls might like, uh, given like their salary situation. But he would help the Bulls this year. Melton would help the Bulls this year. Like I mean, he's not as good as Cruz, so like he's a, he's a decent young guard, uh, youngish guard. I can't remember how old he is, but like two guys who would help you. And then if you're able to get a couple picks down the road too, like. And then again, your salary relief, like that would kind of check a bunch of boxes that were, would at least make it somewhat, pl- somewhat palatable, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Come, Jace. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. But yeah, ultimately, the Zach stuff has been, oh, nice dunk. Uh, the Zach stuff is just, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been going on for what a couple months now. He's coming back. 
We'll uh, see. I guess, I guess a good team for him to come back against the Hornets, who suck terribly. They did, they did just beat the Kings like out of nowhere. Uh, the, yeah. Basically, the Hornets only Hornets only chance of like winning games these days is if Terry Rozier goes off for like forty points because Lamelo's yeah. out, Gordon Hayward's out. Uh, they have Rozier and Miles Bridges, and they got like what is it like Nick Richards and like Bryce McGowan. I think he was I think Nebraska guy Bryce McGowan's like starting at point guard. Like PJ Washington, I can't remember who they have starting at the other forward these days. But I mean, they're they're just awful. So like, I don't know how they beat the Kings the other day. So like, theoretically, a good game for to ease Zach back in and have him look good against an absolutely awful opponent. Like, hey, yeah, Zach's back. Here, the Bulls destroyed the Hornets. Here we go. Like, maybe get get some good vibes going with Zach again. So like, theoretically, should be kind of a good opponent to get that to get him back against. You know, what's really disappointing to me, Jason, is like over the last five games, the Bulls dead last in the NBA in three point attempts, uh, second to last in the NBA in three point percentage. So they're taking 29 threes a game, making 28 percent of them. That's over the last five before this Knicks game tonight, uh, where obviously they shot the ball a little bit better tonight. They finished 13 to 32, 40 percent from three. So that'll take the numbers up a bit. Uh, But, you know. You would like to think that the team developed an identity in the games immediately following Levine's exit from the lineup. We're like, okay, this is how we're just going to play every single night. And as more guys have gotten injured, Vooch, uh, Torrey Craig, they have reverted back to like the worst tendencies of this era of the team which is sort of like DeMar Iso ball. It's guys turning down wide open shots. It's IO. I think IO's like two for his last 16 from three right yeah, now. He missed some really good looks tonight. After and these are like wide open. Why? Yeah, there open. was one, to, there was one tonight where he just missed like a, no, no one was like 10 or 15 feet around and miss a wide open corner three. And then, Oh, I think that was the possess, the sequence where he misses a wide open corner three. And then the Knicks missed like three wide open threes, but still got a bunch of rebounds. And I think ended up scoring like just a brutal sequence uh, where the Bulls could have cut it to like, I think like three or four, maybe miss. And then the Knicks score on the other end after like a million opportunities. I'm pretty sure that was the sequence. And he missed a bunch of those. I think he had like one three tonight. He was like one of six or one of seven. He also had a few drives where just he had no chance driving against like Hartenstein. Uh, it got packed at the rim multiple times. It was a, it was a really bad IO game tonight. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the offense has been really ugly. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're ba- ba- banking a lot on Dro- on De- DeRozan making his making his miraculous mid range shots. Uh, Kobe doing a lot, and then like Drummond offensive rebounds, uh, and that's just a tough way to run an, an efficient offense. And th- I mean, they're 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 missing guys. They're missing two key players. Uh, they're, they're missing Tory Craig. They're missing more than two. I mean, they're missing multiple key guys more than even just Zach and Vooch and. Um, so yeah, that's the offense is not going to look good when, uh, again, Kobe wasn't always going to shoot. I mean, he did shoot really well tonight, but uh, not all these guys are going to keep up this ridiculous shooting that they were that they had. So, um, so yeah, I guess welcome back, Zach Levine. Here we go. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and uh, where are we in the reverse standings right now? Let's see. So is this updated? Bulls at fifteen and twenty-one. They would have the yep. eighth pick. Right now, so we're right back to picking seventh <laughs> again, Jason. Uh, and hey, I'd love for the Bulls to get a top ten pick in this draft. I think that'd be cool. But uh, I guess I'd rather see him make the playoffs. I don't even know anymore, dude. I just so, feel- so, okay, here's another one last thing before we wrap up here. I was asked on this pod on the next film school pod last night, like, what is like a disappointing bowl season for you? Uh, and I'm like, you know, like at this point, like 
It's probably my answer was if the Bulls make no trades, Zach aside, like whatever they trade, or if they, I think it was like if they make a bad Zach trade and then they don't trade Demar and Caruso and then they just don't make the playoffs and they end up whatever with like the eighth or ninth pick. Like it would be nice to have an eighth or ninth pick or whatever, sure. But like I feel like if they keep these guys around and then still end up whatever, like a play in tournament team and then don't get in, like that is an absolute worst case scenario. Yeah, you still get your lottery pick, but you're probably not going to move up. So you, if you're ending up with like the, yeah, like the 10th, whatever, 10th ish pick, you yeah, make the play in and then you, but you don't make the playoffs and, but you kept these guys. You basically just kind of yeah. kept this team together besides Zach or you make a bad Zach trade. Then it's just like, what the hell? Like, what was the point of the season? What are we doing here? And well, then it's like, then kind beyond of beyond that too, it's like you want to see Pat and Kobe sustain this strong. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like both of them have sort of arrived? I was looking at Patrick's numbers in December. I'm going to call them up now really quick. But they were all, they were really good. He averaged like 14 uh, or 15 a game. Exactly. In December, Pat played phenomenal, averaged 14.1 points per game, 52% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from three, uh, two assists a game, four and a half rebounds, almost one block, almost one steal, 0.9 in each of those categories. Uh, so, like, part of this is just, Pat sort of regressed to the mean as a shooter because in November uh, he shot. Oh, I'm sorry. So November he was better, but it was just October at the very start. His of the real year. his very start was really bad. like his first week or two yeah. was awful. Um, but it's just him sort of like regressing to the mean as a shooter. He's yeah. always been about a low volume forty percent three point shooter, and right now he's taken you know exactly the same number of three point attempts per game and he's hitting them basically the exact same i mean his numbers are like identical i'm pretty sure to last season totally identical to last season (laughs) he's averaging 10.2 points a game in exactly four rebounds it's like comical (laughs) how similar his numbers are but i do think he's gotten a little better this year because i think he's improved on the defensive end uh but even there it's like his blocks and steals are exactly the same (laughs) one metric and uh yeah, there is just still so much low-hanging fruit in, <laughs> in Pat's statistical profile. Yeah. His play, like, today I don't want to crush him too much because he was on the injury. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt last night. I was kind of surprised he, he didn't played. didn't look, like, 100% springy, like, jumping off that angle. He did. Now. The first possession of the game today, he did he try to, to dunk on somebody, but he no. missed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean tonight. Yeah, tonight was just a rough pack. He clearly wasn't all the way there. I thought I was honestly kind of surprised he ended up suiting up just being on the second of a backpack. But that seemed like a kind of a nasty ankle thing again. It seemed like that first play he like tried to prove that oh my ankle's fine, and he tried to drive and dunk on somebody, and it looked good until he missed the dunk. And I feel like he misses a lot. Of, he's like turning into the new Lowry, missing all these all these drives and dunks. Uh, and then so the rest of the game was just the decision making with him really bad. Some really bad turnovers, some other really bad drives where he just had no chance of finishing, got blocked at the rim. Uh, but yeah, like I'm not going to hate him too much given the circumstances. Just like I'm not going to hate like the whole the team as a whole too much for losing this game. But um, hey, Chase, of- at least we got a Ben Stiller tweet about yeah. it. Ben Stiller tweeted out to 5.5 million people. Kobe White respect. Yes, punctuation on that tweet. Uh, we got we got the Ben know, Stiller stamp. Of one respect for Kobe White coming from Ben Stiller. So that's pretty tight. It is. Um, let's wrap it up here. Let's look ahead here. Uh, the next whatever couple games you mentioned, you had a back to back against the, a terrible Hornets team. Um, home for the next game on Friday. That will be a third game in four nights. But again, it's the Hornets. You're probably seems like you're getting Zach back. I mean, it's a game you just. 
I mean, you really got to win both these games. The Hornets are really bad. And then, I mean, you got a couple other winnable games coming up after that. The Rockets have been really tough, uh, but they've been a bad road team. The Warriors have been just like a weird ass team. So you got two home games after this two, this two step with the Hornets, one home, one away. And then you come back home, you play Houston, you got home against the Warriors. You got at, um, the Spurs on the second night of a back to back, but the Spurs are terrible. So like, Theoretically, you could the Bulls could maybe go on a little win streak here with Zach Levine back in the lineup. And uh, again, maybe that just kind of changes the whole tenor of everything around Zach Levine again. Um, the schedule will uh, pick up a little bit after that. They got to go to Cleveland, go to Toronto, Memphis, at Phoenix, at LA, at uh, Portland, they a little West Coast trip. And I know the Bulls, like the back half of the season, like strength of schedule wise, in terms of like just like opponent winning percentage, I'm pretty sure is one of the worst or like the easiest the rest of the way. So like, I know it's going to be pretty road heavy because uh, they've played a lot more home games, but uh, there are some basically bottom line, winnable games coming up. You got to win both of these Hornets games. Like if you, if you split here, then that's just a big, that's probably a huge fail. Um, just if you're spinning your wheels against those kind of teams. And the so. Hornets had lost 11 in a row. Yeah. Then in the last game, they beat the Kings. Yeah. And I think in Sacramento too, like su- yeah. super random game. But And so weird shit happens. I mean, we've seen the Bulls lose the bad teams all the time. So like he's still got to come out and execute and win these games. So again, uh, if the Bulls are going to be serious about kind of staying around and, and be competitive, you got to beat these bad teams. So you got to win the next two here Friday. And then I think they have Saturday, Sunday off, and then they come play again Monday in Charlotte. So um, we'll see what happens there coming up. Um, we'll see with Zach Levine coming back. We'll see when Vooch comes back. Uh, and we'll kind of move forward as we kind of reach almost the halfway point. The Bulls are again, they're in 15-21 now. That means even if they go on a five-game winning streak, at the midway point, the, the best pace they could be on is 40, is 40 wins. Uh, but hopefully they can get to the pace where they are going to get that smash that over. We need to just keep pace for that over, uh, at least at the very least this season. So hopefully, again, the Bulls can win a couple games against the Hornets. Ricky, you got anything else? We wrap it up. You wrap it up. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Blue Wire Network. It's twenty twenty four. Tons of great pods all across the network. Please go check them out. Happy New Year to everybody and all the fans of Cash and all the fans of Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you call it these days uh, at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, please go check out Ricky. As he mentioned, at SBNation.com, he has a MVP column with SGA on top. He's got to ride that thunder, that wave. He picked the thunder to be a conference finals team this season. Now he's got SGA on top of the MVP ladder. Ride that thunder wave, even though they lost. The hey, Hawks dude, I also that. predicted Zach Levine all-star starters. So. You did. Not Here's looking good on that one, one but you, get, you got, you at least got this thunder one. That one's looking good because they are absolutely nasty. So uh, don't give me too much credit. I predicted in Western conference finals, so they can still lose in the first. Or they could, they could, but uh, they are looking really good. They look like a team that can really make a deep run and they're just a fun team to watch. So, SBNation.com. Go check that out. Please also check out ClutchPoints.com as well. So that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. Once again, Happy New Year to all you loyal listeners out there.